This is CliffCentral.com Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com Salam, bonjour. Hello to all of you who are tuned in. This is Liz Ogumba Registrar, your host, and thank you for tuning in to the Fashion Lab once again. Now, you know that we've had a last very full month, August field, denim field month, but we are now moving on. We're back on uh, our regular flow. For those who have been tuned in, I hope that you've been able to get a lot of tips and tricks around how to wash your denim, how to do everything and all that shebang. But anyway, it's been... Uh, an amazing week and obviously we are back to talk about the South African fashion industry and we're going to be joined by a very special guest shortly and uh, before getting into deep uh, we are also joined by our contributor Edgy Benson who runs NU in New York with his Echoes from New York Edgy, welcome to the show and thank you for joining Hi, us Liz. Hi, how are you? I'm good, and you? I am good, thank you uh, May I uh, ask what you are wearing maybe on the top? Or are you gonna tell us I which? Was, I was actually thinking we should switch the tables on you today and uh, ask you what you're wearing. Uh -huh. Okay, so well, you can do that. I'm very flexible, as you know. So I am wearing a black dress. Don't ask me how I'm feeling, but yeah, I'm wearing a black simple dress, <laughs> knee-length dress. I'm wearing beautiful, um, some beautiful uh, DNG pointy uh, boots, uh, kind of half boots. Uh, beautiful, beautiful boots. So I feel like the black wow. dress has been completed by those little babies. Again, these are other devils. They're not red devils, but they are devils in their own way. They're gold devils. But I'm, I'm feeling very, I've got a, a pink leather jacket from my, I think that this was like four years ago. This was one of my first, um, leather jacket. It's very plush for those who are tuned in. Ooh, I'm just gonna have to take a picture <laughs> and share with you because you don't even know what I'm saying. Don't make me get my glass of wine. But anyway, <laughs> what are you wearing, Edgy, and who made your clothes? Well, today I'm wearing a t-shirt from Oh, see, everybody's laughing. You think I'm should I, I, I just want to say, should I say what you're wearing below and then you can finish with your t-shirt on the top? Oh my god. <laughs> I got you guys, man. I think you guys are right about my mother. Okay, so everyone, the Edgy is wearing diesel jeans. And is it blue or black? This one is a faded, faded blue. Okay, well, so he is wearing diesel. He's Wait, the diesel ambassador. He's the diesel ambassador that diesel does not know about, but we, we will be sharing that. Okay, thank you, Edgy. And what are you wearing on the top? On top, I'm wearing a very relaxed, unique low t-shirt. I'm very relaxed today. Okay, well, so it's, many it's, good things happened overnight. So wow, I'm, really, really I'm very relaxed. happy. I mean, considering I, I spoke to you about 14 hours ago, and it wasn't a very good 14 hours no. ago. So we are happy <laughs> things blessing. have we are happy things have flipped. So, um, well, yes. welcome to the show, and thank you for joining <laughs> no, us. No, yeah, good. yeah, it's always good to have you on the show. Now we are also joined by our contributor uh, from. Portugal, uh, who comes with her echoes from Europe uh, by the name of Francisca Marzilli, who we have not seen for a long time. I know our listeners were worried. Actually, uh, I got a couple of tweets asking what happened to Francisca, and I was like, well, she she's just on holiday. She's just on holiday. She'll be right back, and here you are. So welcome to the show after a whole month of uh, missing you, and uh, thank you for joining Hi, us, Fran. And what it's so nice to be with you again. And it was missing you too. Yes, we missed we you. Missed you. We yeah. missed you too. Edgy missed you the most and then me. Actually, maybe it was me and then Edgy. Oh. But either way, we, you got missed by a couple of people here. What are you wearing and who who made your clothes? 
as uh, I already tweeted, I'm wearing uh, um, a denim for the last day of August. My denim stretch uh, dress uh, with the buttons in front, and uh, and then uh, a red uh, red pair of shoes. High heels, of course. <laughs> well, it's it's really it's really nice to know that you're wearing denim, and it's it's a uh, good. You missed yeah. the denim series, uh, the whole. The four, it was a whole four weeks, bro. <laughs> I was like, if I hear denim one more time, I will fall over. So I, I'm done. I do not want to hear denim or talk about <laughs> denim. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, until further notice. I'm sorry. I said we did denim a lot of favors. We wore it all August. I'm telling and you, and it became like if I see one more denim, I, I don't want to see denim personally. But anyway, it's a good thing we still love denim and we have that relationship. Not like edgy, but we still do have a relationship <laughs> somewhere there. Now, um, thank you for joining us, Francisca. It's really good to have you back. Uh, and just a quick thank reminder you. to those of you who are tuned in, my favorite segment at the end of the show is called "Who Would You Want to Dress and Why." So feel free to share with us your who's and your why's because that is our red glass of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, maybe it's a 2010 or 2009, who knows after our heavy conversations we need that, anyway, keep your tweets coming we're at Fashion Lab AF on Instagram we're at Fashion Lab Africa on Twitter and Facebook, and we really honestly would love to hear from you uh, for those of you who are tuned in who also have some sort of ideas or some subject matters that you think we should be dissecting at the lab uh, please reach out to us at info at fashionlabafrica.com if you feel you have uh, some people who you think would be able to contribute as guests and maybe share with us some of whatever it is that's going on in their space, some of their winning formulas please feel free as well to uh, connect with us. Now on today's show we are talking around the South African fashion market and we're joined by a very special guest like I said um, she is the director at 8th Avenue Refract Marketing and Pezu Clothing uh, she is obviously uh, in marketing design, does works on con- concept development, branding, PR she's really like one of those uh, kind of like me uh, well, not not quite, but maybe more than me. But she goes by the name of Jane McGuigan. Mc, McGuigan. McGuigan. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jane, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, you know you're not exempt from the question, <laughs> who, who who are you wearing and who made your clothes? Um, actually, uh, I'm wearing myself and we made our own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> which which is fantastic actually i uh, fantastic fantastic my lead samplist his name is Dierdene and he is sensational and he made up those so yes him and him and Normson, i want to say a little shout out to them i know they they they're not listening right now i'm hoping they're sewing but we'll podcast it for them later <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on all oh, of your you work so uh, that you're doing and as we were speaking earlier i said you know when people when we want to have this sort of conversations especially to specifically focus on a specific market mm. It's good to bring in Minds like yours And I'm not saying You're the only mind There's so many other minds But your experience In this game How much time You've spent in it And how, how you have so much Value to offer From different angles Of it You know So I thought That this would be Really uh, a great uh, Opportunity to sit here And talk about The current sort of Temperature yeah. when it Comes to fashion <laughs> In this market today And you know Just your journey through And what you're doing And where your mind is Where you think We should be So Welcome to the show anyway We really uh, appreciate your time Uh, Thank you so much And yes uh, So before we go further Jane I just think uh, If you could just give us a quick background Of just uh, where you come in What I've been up to Yes (laughs) Okay so from from our side um, I've been 
sort of rolling around the fashion industry for since 1993 when we graduated. Um, I graduated from Technikonatal down in Durban. And at that stage, it was one of the only places that you could actually do fashion. Um, and uh, I came out the fashion industry and I went to work in a factory. And I had a immense culture shock because, we, you know, when you're in fashion school, everything is about the vision. So you spend four weeks doing ten stunning designs and your storyboard's amazing. And then you hit the industry and your boss sits you down and goes, I'll have 40 designs by the end of the day, please. And you just have an absolute heart attack. So I'm um, from that space. I, we, we, I threw myself at the industry basically. Um, and, um, fortunately I was involved in children's wear, which is quite simple. Um, because it revolves mostly around sort of prints and appliques and those type of things. Um, and then obviously, as, as we all know, the sort of fashion industry started to close down. There was, there was a lot of writing and, and things with the unions. Um, and from that space, I then went into the retail sector. And I started working in a company that we all know called Miladies. Um, and I was a fashion merchandiser there. And that kind of got me back into sort of a marketing, more of a marketing role. Um, and I was doing the in-house magazine. And in order to do the in-house magazine, they, very, very kindly paid for an, an educational program, which was to learn how to do desktop publishing and video and all of that fun, exciting new media stuff that was just starting to come to the country. Um, and then I ended up, um, through that, the, the Miladies is part of the specialty group back then, and they were starting the Mr. Price brand. And I ended up working on the team that was started sort of launching Mr. Price. Um, and after that... Um, sort of whirlwind couple of years in the fashion industry um, the new media bug had sort of bitten and the internet had, was just starting I really am giving away my age um, and um, I moved back up to Johannesburg from Durban to move into new media and new technology and those type of things and slowly but surely ended up in the in the marketing space and then uh, you know 10, 10 or so years ago I decided to start my own business and I started a business in outsource marketing consultancy and um, I've been in that, well, I still am in outsource marketing. And then about um, two years ago, the, the fashion industry started knocking on our door again in a, in a rather loud way. And I'm a firm believer that sometimes when the universe knocks, you've, you've got to stand up and listen to it. Um, and uh, one of my, well, my now business, one business partner, um, a lady named Monet, who is currently standing manning a stall in Brooklyn Mall at SA Fashion Week. <laughs> and I will explain to Angie and Francisca and all of you uh, the rush this morning. <laughs> the, ra- the crazy rush to get you. Um, but yes, uh, Monet moved moved back up to Johannesburg as well. And um, we had been long-time friends. We met at fashion school. And um, subsequently, with my business partner from the marketing agency, Pezu Clothing came about. Um, and we started manufacturing clothing locally in South Africa again and trying to re-inspire the local manufacturing industry. Um, and then we realized with working with a, a lot of young designers that they actually don't really have a retail platform. There's a lot of online platforms that are you know, really good, but that you're competing with a lot of international brands, you're competing with a lot of other clothing stores, and there was nothing really for the South African designer. And fortunately, I have a, you know, the marketing agency has a technology team and so we built an online website and promptly launched 8th Avenue Online 
And um, we've been running for a couple of months now and recruiting designers by the minute. So yes, that's that's kind of my story. <laughs> wow, that is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. You know, um, I always say that you know, like just looking at how you've got to manage like mm. so many things, and I think that you know the idea is to be able to just make sure that you you literally just like if you have five of these things that you got to do, you got to find ways to do them. Oh, so like so you, because we hustle, baby. Yeah. So like <laughs> you, who's left the the mall? So this is the scenario here <laughs> for those of you who are wondering. She left the Brooklyn Mall, which is a pop-up shop they're doing with SA Fashion Week, um, and came in for this interview. But that's like an hour drive. But she had just taken an hour drive there, and then like you know, dealing with designers, any anything, any other extra hiccups, who's late, who's not coming, what's happening, what what, and then come back for this interview, and then rush back to another meeting, and then rush back to the pop-up shop, and and that distance is not it's not. Down the street, guys. It's, that's that's so. The logistics of this is definitely also um, something that I feel. Um, unless you have passion uh, to do what you're doing, I think you could probably end up breaking down. Or we might find you on the side of the street eating bread and drinking wine. <laughs> um, um, the wine, definitely. The wine, definitely. They they will be the wine. <laughs> so well, yeah. So I think it's really cool. But I think let's just go straight into. Um, just some of the conversations. So first of all, there is a pop-up shop. The SA Fashion Week pop-up shop is happening at the Brooklyn Mall uh, in Pretoria. For those of you who also want to go and see what's happening, mm. there's a lot, a lot of brands there. What made you feel, first of all, that this is important for 8th Avenue online, which is one of your stores? Yes. And I think I think the main thing from from, from that is I think our ethos and the, the ethos of SA Fashion Week is, is quite aligned. They... They're in the industry. They are promoting young designers. They're trying to give young designers a platform, um, and and get. I think all designers. Y- yes, <laughs> no, all, all designers, but also in, in, in some sense, particularly young design. They're trying to get young designers into the industry okay. as well, um, and they are trying to give all designers a platform. You know, it, it is one of those things where retail is expensive. We all we all know the cost of retail stores. I mean, it's not not everybody can have one. Um, so I think by by really trying to get our country to stop looking at overseas fashion and really start looking at local fashion um, we've got in my opinion some of the best designs in the world and then that we we really are innovative and really are creating and from that aspect I wish not to not you know no disrespect to our to our fellow co- uh, contributors but I do think that South Africans need and Africans in particular need to start Really looking and investing in their own fashion industry. I mean, it's an amazing industry, and you just have to, you know, walk through a taxi rank to have a look at the street fashion to see what's going on. Do you know? Do you know what I normally say about that? I actually normally say that it is, as a consumer, is my choice to buy what I want to buy. Mm. So I feel like I would actually flip that back and say it is up to the brands to work as hard as they can whether it's for visibility whether it is mm. for whatever it is Very to make so. themselves so present that the local consumers will actually have no other choice but to go to them because my thing is when people say oh well the design the local people should buy no they shouldn't they should buy what they want to buy nobody really because really the, the, that is their freedom mm. they can do what they want to do so I think for me it is up to us to make it so compelling and so refreshing and so mm. make it such a force that any consumer who walks into a mall is looking for X brand or Jane's yeah. brand or Edge's brand or whoever's yeah. brand. And I mean I think I think from from the from the side of the the aspect of where I think things like the pop up stores and those type of things are are, are very valuable is 
that it is giving people an opportunity to see those clothes because they 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 are quite a few barriers to entry, so to speak. Um, and it's actually giving it's putting that clothing in front of those people, which which I, I think is important. And I think online has changed everything. At, you know, it's it's disrupting the retail sector. Yes, the shops are never going to go away because we still like to feel things and try things on and that type of stuff. And they're going to be around for forever. Um, even if it's just to go and collect the item that you've bought from online. But from, from the, from the aspect of it, I think that, um, you know, the, the fashion industry is changing so much. In fact, every industry is changing so much. Um, and you've just got to put yourself out there at every opportunity that you get to get your stuff seen in the public space. You know, we filled with clutter all the time of people throwing brands at us. Um, so yeah, you've, we, so, so you feel the pop up, the pop up uh, shop. Uh, way of pushing a brand you think is very relevant right now for South Africa and you think would you encourage more brands to actually focus more on that sort of way or do you because the retail industry is very tricky right now mm. and the and when I say that I see I say that from a brick and mortar perspective yes and I mean I'm I'm very torn on that, that on that comment weirdly um, my main thing is is that you've got to you've we've got as as sort of brands and those type of things have got to start focusing firstly more on our consumer and giving them some sort of consumer experience you know it, it's the, the the days of walking into a big retail store and and flipping through I mean I I, I can't stand going to shopping malls <laughs> you know it is it's one of those things where you, you walk in there and you've got a sales team who aren't necessarily invested in the brand that they're actually selling um, you've got Dreadful lighting and these little cubicles that squish me into places that, that, so from a, as from a retail experience, I, I don't believe at the moment that malls are really delivering a customer experience. And whether it's a, whether it's a brand thing or whether it's a mall thing, but I think in terms of the, the pop-up space, that's, it's an, it's an, if we can make it an activity, you know, where people can go and experience fashion and try on clothes and, See them on models and and engage with a brand and yes, hopefully drink some wine. <laughs> you know, I think yeah, but and you know what? I, I'd love to hear from Edgy and Francisca, especially for you guys operating on different markets. But even yeah. though we're talking about the South African market uh, specifically with Jane, I still think that it's interesting to see and say what's actually mm. working. Are you guys? Would you say uh, maybe we'll start with Edgy and then Francisca? Would you say like Edgy in the U.S. space? Would you say that it's uh, is there a lot of uh, a lot of brands? focus on the pop-up element or do you still find brands just kind of that's my brick and mortar store and that's my shop and that's it and that's what we focus on what's what's working uh, right now no i think uh, fashion marketing is the same everywhere uh, the pop-up shop is huge everywhere you know when you think about it from 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 a very technical perspective even the fashion shows are in some sort of fashion week is in some sort of a pop-up shop you know um, here, pop-up shops are a big deal. I mean, they are considered to be quite hip, you know? And it's probably the only way you can successfully retail now in a way that's engaging for the, for the mm -hmm. consumer. At least has some kind of an experience, uh, thrown behind it, you know? Um, it's, it's very interactive. Um, it's very focused on, on what the designer is trying to show. And it's short, you know? People come, it's just a, sh a couple of days, uh, a few hours, and, and it's with a whole lot of publicity behind it. 
So it, it's here. It's a big deal. It's a big uh, option for retailers. Uh, I mean, for retailing fashion, it's a big way for new designers to get known. Um, especially if it's tied up with with older designers, uh, more known designers, and they can they can have a, a pop up shop or a trunk show, uh, those kinds of things. But it's the okay. same. It's uh, approached the same way as Jane is approaching it. There, it's the same thing we do. Yeah, and uh, Francisca, it's, it's a major thing. Yeah, and Francisca, what, what what's gone? Yeah. Would you also say it's a big thing? A, a lot of brands, small or big, really still focusing on, uh, you know, just making sure that they uh, sell through pop up as well or trade through pop up pop up as much as possible. Well, I I cannot hear you uh, uh, constantly. I have a lot of interruptions. But um, what can I what what I can say is that uh, I agree with uh, with the AG when he says that uh, the approach with the, the product is the same everywhere. But I also uh, think that the future is definitely a pop up, pop mm. up in local sense and in uh, virtual sense. Um, also, also the, the the fashion weeks are not around uh, in the in the same place now. Uh, are around in the, in a different place and different events. And uh, every every happening is a word. Is a, is a it it has a, an, a completely uh, different mood from the rest of the others exposants. So I would say that pop up is our future. It's very good. Um, we're yeah. going to yeah, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, for those who are tuned in, we are talking about the South Africa fashion market. Uh, joined by Jane, who is an expert in this fashion industry space, or who has been there to experience it and really see it evolve. And obviously, also appreciating contribution as well from Edgy and Francisca. But we'll be right back after the break. We're back by public fashion demand <laughs> and uh, this is just a great conversation to have and just kind of see where the markets are specifically focusing um, on the South African market. Um, we're joined by Jane McGuinn and we are also talking obviously to Edgy and to Francisca and we're just talking about generally what we're doing. Now uh, Jane, you obviously have, you've got Pear Zoo, you've got 8th Avenue and you've got Retract. Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about what you're doing for 8th Avenue? Why did you feel the need to set up 8th Avenue online? Well, which I'm a part of, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Lucy's clothes are fabulously available. <laughs> um, and I mean, one of the, one of the key things that we, we noticed when we were, um, because Pezu being a manufacturing CMT, um, and that weirdly is also evolving by the minute, um, we realized that a lot of our, particularly our young and new designers that we're working with don't have a retail space. They uh, are basically selling online. They're selling on Facebook. They're selling on Instagram and they're doing a great job, but it's incredibly challenging to get noticed in the online space. Um, and coming from a, coming from a marketing background who 
I have corporate brands who pay me an incredible amount of money to drive traffic in them through their, their websites. Um, you know, and spending it on, on really driving and activating traffic on a regular basis. And even they are struggling from that space to get the feet through their door. And no matter how amazing your brand and your store is, if nobody knows where you are, they're not going to come flooding to buy it. Um, and I think from, from that, from that aspect, we noticed that a lot of them were struggling. Um, and, and also by uniting the sort of the designer industry and giving a consumer what they're looking for is, New and fresh, trendy clothing on a regular basis um, that is locally made and locally manufactured and that is designs that they don't necessarily find in Woolworths and Poetry and those type of wonderful brands. Um, so from that space, it was just, yeah, and that's how 8th Avenue came about. And we're about four months old now and the store's going great, which is amazing. So what is it that you're doing differently, actually? Because obviously there's so many online um, platforms right now yeah. and we've also seen a lot of them rise and fall. Yes. Which I don't know what's happening, but obviously it's just, it just kind of puts mm. us on the edge a bit. But what are you offering that's different from all these other platforms? And from our side, we, we really, huh. we are, and I mean, I suppose it's the marketer in me that's trying to make it as much about the user experience and what what as a personally as an online shopper and secondly as as you know an understanding of what consumers are looking for to try and evolve the technology to actually service that so the first thing that we are looking at doing is is making basically we make your clothing to order which yes i know goes against every <laughs> every traditional 5 to 7 day turnaround um but it is from that aspect because we are a CMT and because we are a manufacturer we can actually make your clothing specifically to order which means we get to customize a little bit so if you are like you and stunningly 6 foot i can make your pants in a, in a leg that will fit a 6 foot person um you know alternatively if like me you're a 5 foot 6 which we look at as standard um, you know, from that space, the, the pant length and things can be adjusted. So from that space, we can customize clothing to a certain extent and make sure that we get the fit right for you, which I've seen, you know, a lot of online brands are now starting to do with, with, you know, brands like Zara and those type of things. Their online platforms are getting very slick in helping people get their sizing right. Um, the other thing is from, from, you know, from, from our side is because it is a make to order system, it's giving young designers also an opportunity that they don't necessarily have to go and produce 20 to 30 garments of something at, you know, hundreds of thousands of rands to get their ranges together. It is a, it is an opportunity for a young designer to actually get into the industry and get onto an online platform because you don't necessarily have to have hundreds of thousands of rands behind you and, you know, produce huge amounts of stock that you then sit with. So from, from, from that aspect, it, it is, and we, we've got a, we've got a couple of other things that we are, we are innovating along the way. Um, I'm very interested in launching a clothing month club, which is almost, it was inspired by one of the month club <laughs> where, you know, from, from the, the aspect of, uh, I send you a box of clothing every month and you can, Try it on at home and try it on in your own experience and send me back what you, what you, what you don't buy. And from, so there's, there's a lot of things that, and I think that the difference is, is that we're trying to, one, drive new design into the industry and two, really listen to our consumers in terms of helping them 
get the shopping experience that they're looking for. Mm. So I, was, I was going to say, you know, the box thing, obviously, we're in Africa. Sometimes yes. I feel like... <laughs> it's going to be an interesting challenge. Some of the boxes we have sent personally never came back. <laughs> you know, let's just talk about that. That's mm. a different story for a different yeah. day. But I think it's just also about just taking caution mm. on, on that point. But also just the hunger to want to be able to offer the market uh, fashion in such a more sort of diverse, fun, mm. different... Uh, way, but still giving them what they want. I think just being disruptive. I think disruptive yes. is the way to go to be able to and even really break we're uh, doing in this market. We're doing pop-ups in corporate head offices. We're doing pop-ups in exactly that, in restaurants, in in tile showrooms, you know. <laughs> so it really is about trying to get your brand out as much as humanly possible, Getting standing together as a collective and getting your brand out Everybody, you know, sharing each other's stuff, developing a little bit of a community as well, and hopefully elevating the South African fashion industry at the same time. So, so what I was going to say to you, don't you find it so much work that you guys have to deal with? You're, so you're, for example, with 8th Online, the fact mm. that you have brands that have actually said, okay, fine, we, you, you, you're you going to stock them, but you're going to produce for them. Isn't that giving yourself too much admin? I mean, already this, this, this stuff is not easy. It's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's a lot of work from the back end. <laughs> yes. How do you make these commitments and actually follow them through it without losing your head? Um, we, we, um, we band together and drink wine. <laughs> no, on a more serious note. Look, it is a lot of work. Um, I have incredible business partners, um, who help me with it. I'm not necessarily doing it by myself. Um, and it is, it's, it's very challenging. Um, because it is what a lot of designers don't realize is this is a getting a range and a collection together is a three to six month process. You know, the number of times we get we get phone called and emailed of like it's it's already in the middle of winter and they want they they you know, then now they want to start making hoodies for for, for next week. Um I think there is in a lot of cases a lack of understanding of how much time and preparation actually goes into these things. Um but I think it is also um I'm really, on a personal level, and I know as a, on a company ethos as well, I really am quite passionate about looking at giving young designers an opportunity. And I guess it's, I want to give our established designers like yourself an opportunity as well. But I'm, you know, when I came out the fashion industry, I ended up in a factory and it was, and yes, it was a shocking experience and so it should be. And I've been mollycoddled for three years. But it is, it is one of those things that, you know, there's, there's so many, creative talented people that I think are coming out of design institutions and just not getting off the ground um you know where where are those three to five hundred kids that are coming out of fashion school every every year um you know some of them are selling cars and some of them are working in retail as store managers and why aren't they getting into the industry and I think that some of the barriers that are out there for them particularly from a huge amount of financial outlay and you know getting it into retail and knocking on boutique stores and getting their clothing into stores so from that space if we can dis- disrupt that industry as well as you know hopefully work with them a little bit not to scare them too much no there's no scare no, so from what, that space, what, I, I just think what works works and francisca mm. and edgy you're very quiet i would i would love to hear from you but i just yeah. think what works works and i think that at the end of the day If, for example, one of the things I'm taking away from the show today is that, you know, as we continue to deal with the challenge of uh, the retail industry, which is a a real challenge, Mm. there's a lot of stores. And, you know, Jane, you live here. Mm. You see how things run. A lot of stores are are closing down. Yeah. 
a lot and and you get your st- stock sent back unfortunately if you're working on a consignment uh deal which is what majority 90 per 99% yeah. of the stores are offering right now it means that you're going home broke and yes. you're coming getting your stock back and then what mm. so i feel like the pop up is one of the things that i think for me to on today's show uh, and for those who are tuned in, I mean, you, you're listening as well. You can take it as well. Take it with mm. you and, and maybe try to, to find ways to pop up more because then you don't have the liability of also having to deal with your rental spaces and all of these things to a point where you break down and actually close close mm. the store, but you're still present, you're still visible, and you're giving people a refreshing new experience every time you pop up. Edgy and Francisca. Francisca, let's start with you, madam. <laughs> what are your echoes yeah. so far or what... what would you like to uh, uh, what would you like to share with us on that note well uh, the, the idea of a pop up uh, concept doesn't scare me at all because uh, if you think about the capsule concept uh, started uh, years ago it's a kind of pop up uh, dimension of creative uh, of create uh, creating yes uh, if you if you think about this pop up is already is a is a concept already inside of every every brand in the end uh, i don't think um, it's, it's something we are in, in identifying uh, more now but uh, it's something we are dealing with uh, since uh, already at least uh, 10 years i think now i want to talk to edgy do you have any two cents on that i just want to move into something else another something else that i really want to talk about um, well, I mean, I was just going to say, I think a lot of, I mean, you can call it a, a pop-up, but there's a lot of ways that retailers are getting young designers in now because that's where the, that's where the, the creativity is. That's where they have this the verb to just make amazing things. They just don't have ways and access, you know, mm. uh, to be seen. So what Jane is doing is just amazing. Uh, for us in our store, we have what we call the Enwe Collective. It's exactly what Jane is doing. Uh, we're getting young designers, young students, and everybody who is on uh, who nobody knows about that would be interested in collaboration with us. Sorry to interrupt you. I just want to ask: Where are the old people? Who's taking care of the old ones? Because everyone wants to focus on the young designers. What about the older ones? <laughs> like... Not that. Not that. Though. I think sometimes. The problem with, 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 with every business is that for a lot of the older people, they've been doing it and some, <laughs> some of them have gotten frustrated and have left, you know? And uh, the ones who are sticking around are constantly looking for ways to, to get out. And they're the ones working on pop-up shops, working on all kinds of stuff. But, you know, we, we take everybody, not yeah, just... Yeah, uh, young and old. Designers. Young and old it has to be. And I feel like also for me, yeah. when people think about things, think about it. You can't say, oh, my gosh, there's a hurricane in, like, wherever it is, in Timbuktu. And then it's like, oh, just the, let's protect the young ones. The, everyone is hit by a hurricane. Mm. So, again, whether it's a fashion retail hurricane or whether it is uh, innovation and, uh, and uh, keeping up with technology and keeping up with everybody, no one is exempt to, like, you can't sit and say, well, the young ones have been around shorter and the older ones are older. Everybody needs to be able to step up in this game today. Otherwise, if you don't wake up and stay on your toes and keep watch and keep moving, you're, you're going to fall, old or young. So I think it's also just about just adapting as we grow along into just whatever it is that makes whatever yeah. winning formulas. And I mean, Liz, I, I agree with you on so many, so many levels on that in, in, in a slightly different context. I think it is just as challenging for established designers in this country as it is for yes. 
new designers. Yes. I mean, it, it it is. It's it's the even if you look, and I mean, I, I I have the benefit of looking at it from both a manufacturing and understanding the costs of actually manufacturing, and looking at it from a, mm-hmm. from, a from a design and retail perspective. I mean, yes, Woolworths comes to me now and goes, Jane, we love your stuff. Um, I'd like four hundred units. No ways. <laughs> it's, it it is one of those things where, from the the level of investment in you know and the the fickleness of the industry of them being able to turn around and literally say, sorry, we're rejecting the entire order because a, there was something fell out in the, the size curve or the you ri- didn't. The ribbon was not red yes, enough. Yeah, was the ri- ex- exactly. And I mean, what people also forget a lot in the fashion industry is these things are made by human hands. It is one of the few industries in the world that is not automated <laughs> and probably never will yes. be. It is, it is human hands that, and yes, you can automate some things. You can automate cutting and you can automate lays and all sorts of things. But it is, it is physically a human being who sits down and makes that. And I mean, I know that I've sat at my desk going, what have I been doing for the past hour? Because your mind's in another place. And yes, you've typed five emails, but you've sent three out with spelling mistakes or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's human people that make these things. So yes, it's, it, it, it's, an, it's an imperfect industry, and for a brand and a retailer, which I can I can understand from their perspectives as well, is they're buying a product from you, and they expect it to be to a certain standard, certain perfection, in order to service their clients. But um, the risk for me to take on as a designer to go and service, and I mean, there are huge, huge, huge brands that have come to us and said to them, "Please make our clothing," because they want to. There is a drive also from the retail side to try and bring manufacturing back to this country. Um, and we've, we've had requests for, I need 5,000 units. And you know, I mean, they're huge big retail brands. Please, and uh, please tell me you say yes. I don't actually. I say but don't no. you think that that is also a limitation that we put amongst ourselves where also if you don't take those risks as much as there mm. is the chance of what if something goes wrong and then they, Reject the whole order mm. I mean financially That's an implication That would probably yeah. Get you drowning But don't you think That if we operate On that level Where Oh I, I can't do this Because maybe Then we are also Limiting our growth there, There's there's a couple of reasons Why I did As, um, from, from that aspect I do believe That a lot of A lot of Currently at the moment Particularly in this country Is a lot of Clothing and fashion Is driven by retail um, it's a case of they come up with a design and the spec and they have costed it already and you need to be able to produce it in this price point, which is physically impossible, um, which is why I can understand that a lot of our manufacturing went offshore. You know, it went to China and it went to India and I, I shudder to think what those poor people are being paid. Um, but it is it is one of those things where now they are trying to get manufacturing back into this country, but now you've got... You've got set barriers on price points that are just impossible for us to achieve. And I don't ever want to achieve those price points because then I'm really am paying my staff like 12 rand a day, which is just immoral. You know, it's just immoral. So from, so from that aspect, there's, there's a bunch of those things. Then yes, too, there is the risk of taking on projects of that size. And again, made by humans. You know, if we lose electricity for a week and we don't make a deadline, that order's rejected and I'm sitting with a financial burden. So 
there's a lot of there's a lot of understanding and conversation that still has to happen within the industry itself between the companies who are looking at driving production and also design and clothing industry back into this country and the people who are manufacturing it from from that side because you know manufacturing has been offshore for over 20 years to now try and just bring it back and you know and in a snap and expect it to just and flowing you know it's th- almost it's, it's almost impossible and yeah Let, so uh, yes i, I want to pose a question to edgy and to francisca francisca if you had that or if you were in that position of high we want 500,000 of this we want 10,000 of that what would you do would you do it or would you just say no in your current position as Francisca Marzilli with sorry, what you do sorry I cannot I cannot hear you well I'm I saying cannot if hear you, you very if, well if the, you the, if you the, are the if answer. you are sorry if you are in Jane's position hi can you hear me yes if you yes. are in Jane's position and you got mm-hmm. deals, different deals. So you have someone saying, can you do 5,000 of this for us? Someone else is saying, can you do 7,000 of this? Someone else is saying, mm-hmm. can you do 10,000? You as Francisca Marzilli mm-hmm. and where you are, your current status, where you are, what you do, would you take the orders or would you reject them? Uh, I should be very, very well planned because uh, otherwise uh, I... I could uh, better reject than take them. Okay, so for your current uh, you for your current to, position, you would just say no. I, I'm sorry, I can't. In this, in this, I'm, I'm, as a creative, I would not accept. Okay, and Edgy, what would you do in your case if you had this? I, I mean, I almost know what you would do, but. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I am in a sense what Giant does. I mean, we we have a capacity of like a hundred thousand units a month, so for us, it's not a. It's not an issue at mm. all. Um, I mean, we're a manufacturing company, so we it's what it's, it's what we do. Mm. Yeah. So, but it's, but it's, you're a bigger manufacturing I mean, company yeah, than James, that, that and that's why it's completely different. It's completely mm. different yeah. quantities. Yeah, but I mean, in her position, yes. I think I think what Jane needs to do if she arrives at a, at that kind of a juncture is to create the right partnerships globally mm. that she would need to. To, to to kind of be able to achieve those those those, those productions because whatever she can produce is what helps I mean that moves the industry forward so whatever relationships that she needs to create to to allow her to achieve those 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 um, that kind of capacity um, would be great yeah but don't you think also when it comes to her situation uh, she's probably dealing with a couple of local big brand big, big retailers here who say we want a hundred percent produced locally meaning here in South Africa so even finding strategic alliances outside of the cont- co- country or continent could still maybe then affect the the relationship because then when people want their a hundred percent made in South Africa then Again, but, where but she you... has a very unique position, though. She has a very unique. The thing is, they might come to her and say they want 100 percent and they want this and they want that. But at the end of the day, they came there because they need her, you know. So she is in a very unique position to also to also negotiate this deal in such a way that it works for her. Yes, they have to understand. Yeah, they want this all done in Africa. They don't have that kind of capacity. So it's either they, they, they compromise and have some of it done outside or they can reduce the quantities or they can invest in her to create capacity. And that's what a lot of companies are doing and invest by investing in small 
manufacturers that you know to help them create the capacity to satisfy them mm, you very know nice. very good. And companies like uniqlo do the same they go and they support you whatever you need because at the end they are the main gainers from 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 giving you capacity and and they there are a lot of retailers who are who are doing that in this country quite significantly at the moment um mm-hmm. and they are in they are investing in Building smaller CMTs to give them structures and give them processes and give them quality and those type of things, because you know, like I say, those those skills got up and left twenty years ago. <laughs> so and, and now to and now to and now to get them back and to to so it it, it is we we are getting there. We're going to get right, but that that level of expectation is still, in my opinion, quite significant between. What what the drive is is to get manufacturing back here, and what is actually capable and happening on the ground at the moment. There's still a little bit of a disconnect. Mm. Well, and, you know, I think that drive that drive also has to. It can only be achieved by a skill limit. I mean, how much is being invested in creating the skills to do that? Though, in you know, the vocational training or the academic training needed for like cutters. So, uh, tailors, those kinds of things. All of those things have to come together to actually allow you to achieve capacity. Mm. Even if they throw in money, you know, they have, to, they cannot just throw in money in setting you up. They have to throw in money in, in, in you know, in investing in schools or at least having a, having a say in what the school curriculums are so that, you know, you, you can, you can, you can generate skills. Yes. And I mean, there, there is, there are some great programs that are coming back from a, mm-hmm. a, a a technical manufacturing aspect, particularly in the fashion industry. Um, you know, we used to have we used to have degrees in fashion production in this country when I was at when I was in Technicon. Mm-hmm. These days, you know that that degree disappeared. Um, you know, they they are now getting programs back in to start teaching people. Sewing and production and, and, you know, all those, all those manufacturing processes and legacies that kind of went out the window. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's, the, 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 we've, we've got a, we've got a long way to go, but we're, but we're, we're getting there, but it is something where I am, I'm pleased to see them coming back. I don't think they're coming back fast enough. Um, but, uh, if we just keep all doing our little bit, <laughs> we'll, wow. we'll, we'll get there. So where do you see the future of South African fashion, Jane? I'm incredibly, incredibly positive about the future of South African fashion. And I think it is, it's evolving at a speed that I haven't seen in, yeah, like I say, 20 years. Um, and I'm excited about a lot of the new talent that's coming in. I'm excited about the talent that has managed to sustain themselves <laughs> in, a, in an industry that really wasn't very compatible for a long time. Um, you, you know, and, and, and as I say, I, we, Exactly the, the same And I, it's one of the things that I'm You know, we as a company are passionate about Not letting happen is what What happened to us is that We graduated 60 designers Out of our class, we started with 300 60 graduated And I think I can currently count 3 or 4 That are still in the fashion industry Ooh. Yeah. But and this I mean, is normal Yes, no, it, 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 it is. Normal. It's, 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 it's very hard industry. Is it, is it normal for you guys out there in Europe as well and edgy in the US too? You mean? Out of 60, you get you three, a few years late, well, some years later. <laughs> I was going to say a few, that's very kind. Many, that's very kind. <laughs> Many years but later. I think, I think, but yeah, I think 
industry participation is very difficult for people who actually come out of fashion school now. You know, it, yeah. it, fashion is difficult to get in. It takes a lot of, I think Jane is actually attested. It takes, I mean, she's been doing it for so long. It takes a, a lot of commitment, a certain person yeah. to stick around with all the frustrations that come with it. You yeah, know, because at the end it's an art, and with art it's just going to be deviled, be deviled by frustrations mm-hmm. all the time. Guys, I guess but it's got y- this amazing upside. Yes, now. I guess we're going to have to continue yes. and just keep building. Um, Jane, it's been really great having you on the show. Thank, how how can you. our listeners connect with you? Um, they can find us on www.8th-ave.com. So it's the URL for Eighth Avenue. Um, there are our email addresses and all of our social chiclets and everything all over there. We are on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so from that space, if they search for 8th Avenue online, um, and yes, they can find us at 8th Avenue. <laughs> it's been really nice having you and thank you for joining us. Francisca and Edgy, thank you for your echoes. We also always love your insights and just hear from you because it makes the conversation much broader and much um, just makes more sense. Um, our who would you want to address and why for ten seconds each? Ting ling ling ling. We're gonna start with Francisca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to address all the first ladies in the world in this, or in, in Europe. This period. Okay. Yeah, so oh. to transmit a more inspiring identity and not only the right dress for the right uh, event, as happens. It's very nice. Edgy, who would you want to... inspiring. Mm. Edgy, who would you want to dress and why? I'm just... I just want to support Jane. I want to thank her for, for joining us. And I think we should all go shop at 8th Avenue. On oh, <laughs> Edgy, you just made my whole year. <laughs> thank you. Thank in that, you. In that case, I want to and dress Edgy in something other than diesel jeans. <laughs> oh, yay. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm going to send you a pair of our pants. <laughs> <laughs> our men's fabulous Sorry. pants. And you gotta wear them. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you so much. I will. Excellent. Uh, today I wanna dress Melania Trump. <laughs> and do not ask Please me why. Please. But I didn't want to make her name. <laughs> I want to address Melania. I think she's got, look, you guys can hate all you want. And I know that her husband yeah, is completely opposite because someone needs to help him. Edgy, please go help him while yeah. I, while I focus on Melania. And Melania's very, she's got a good body. She's, she, she looks good. And I really think she could really look good yeah. in some Lee's old pieces. So no she, hating, but someone please go, someone please go deal with it, Mr. Donald, please. <laughs> himself <laughs> guys it's been great 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 show thank you for joining us uh, thank you for those of you who are listening we are on www.fashionlabafrica.com for more information or for more conversations otherwise take it easy keep it real and keep moving don't stop don't close the shops please we need you it's peace and love until next week <laughs> thank bye you. thank you so bye. much bye Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.